Welcome to Barbell Vitality Radio. I'm your host, Brent Ruska, personal trainer, yogi, and Muay Thai enthusiast. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock strength and vitality in your life. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I wanted to have Lori on because she is a certified badass. You're a brown belt in BJJ. Yes. Very competitive power lifter. Getting there. Getting there with an amazing coach who is yes. really uh, has a world record, right? Uh, yeah, she's an all-time world record holder. And I have um, another uh, man I work with who's also an all-time world record holder. So Awesome. What are their yeah. names again? Uh, so Stacy Burr and Malik Durstein. Yeah, both yeah. badasses. Yes. Yeah. And then you're also ex-military. Yeah, so former Marine. Uh, I did about 10 years in the Marine Corps, and then I w- contracted with the government for a little bit after that. Awesome. Yeah. And now you're a Facebook Worker, right? I do work for Facebook. But the coolest thing is you opened a gym recently here in Austin, Texas. That is true. And I have had the opportunity to work out here and work here, and it is a very special place. So if you're in Austin, or not even in Austin, this is a great episode to listen to because she's cultivating a very cool space, and she has a lot of wisdom uh, from a female's perspective, too, on lifting and uh, grappling and all that. So I wanted to get your... uh, your reason for opening this gym, your intention, where did this intention start and what is your vision for Liberation Barbell? Sure. So I, um, so I've been around gyms for a long time, but I had, I didn't really power lift until the last mm, two years. So basically I was in the Marine Corps for 10 years. Then I contracted with the government. I was overseas a lot. Sometimes I couldn't do jujitsu. So I started making my way into the gym and like a lot of people who are in competitive strength sports, Um, I did dabble in CrossFit years ago, so I had a little bit of a background in that. And of course the military, um, helped, you know, cause physical fitness is part of the culture there. So basically I started lifting there. I really liked it. I found that it really carried over well to my jujitsu. I could be off for a couple of months cause I'd be traveling and I could come back and I could pick up better if I had been staying active. Awesome. Um, so got a job opportunity, moved to Austin from Washington, DC, um, and met a great group of people. I needed to make friends basically. The two places I was going to make friends were a jiu-jitsu gym and a, I was like, I'll find a barbell gym. So I made some friends and basically talked about kind of creating a community where people who are usually um, disenfranchised by the strength, by the strength community or like maybe feel less comfortable in a serious barbell gym would feel comfortable. So we kind of went at it with um, the intention to create a space where everybody is welcome where you can get some serious training done, but it's very friendly and it's very everything is very intentional. That's very cool. Tell me a minute more about the the wanting to create an environment for the disenfranchised. Yeah, so I think that um, historically, and and I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, um, that and this is true in jujitsu in a lot of ways, and I think it's probably true in in gyms in a lot of ways, or like you know just traditional barbell gyms is you have to be able to hang to come in. If you are maybe a woman or you're part of the LGBTQ community or you are, you know, any other sort of like kind of protected class, like you have to be able to prove that you can hang, which is great. I mean, uh, but I think that that is a barrier to entry that we don't need to have. Like I can prove I can hang. I can work out in a place that is dingy and dusty and dirty. I can do jujitsu with a bunch of dudes. I can do all those things, but why put that barrier, artificial barrier up when like, it's maybe keeping some people out of the gym. So basically when I set forth with Liberation Barbell Club, I said, um, I want to have a space where everybody feels welcome. If I have a space where I say both or where I say, Hey, like 
everybody has a spot here. Like we will respect everybody's pronouns. Like um, very big in trans rights and like uh, just LGBTQ rights in general. If I say like, hey, these people have a space here. This is a space intentionally designed to for them, right? So it's, it's simple things. It's thing. It's it's simple things that people don't even realize. It's like having gender neutral bathrooms. It's just a bathroom. A bathroom doesn't have a gender, right? Like, so it's stuff like that. It's stuff like using the elements of dignity, which we can talk about. I'm not an expert on it. I uh, I have a friend who is, and she introduced me to them, and I really like the elements of dignity. And then if I fill it with the best equipment, essentially that money can buy, I'll get all the serious power lifters. Or I'll get some. I'll get people who want to be in that environment, right? And and that has happened. Yeah, and there's some extremely strong people there. It's such a cool environment to be in. I love it. Yeah. Uh, tell me as much as you can about the elements of dignity. I know it's kind of complex, but I think kind of the basics of it. Uh, I think Max uh, was yeah. telling us a little bit that his uh, his w- wife his wife uh, got this from uh, like war torn countries, and they would implement this to help kind of bring people together i may be butchering that but something around that (laughs) so basically uh this is his wife so megan shout out to the most amazing she's amazing so um megan saxelby works with donna hicks donna hicks wrote the book that mean girls is based on okay um and basically she's laid out these elements of dignity and i am not again not an expert but dignity and respect are different dignity is inherent everybody has the same amount um it is not earned it is it is a digni- dignity of your personhood, whereas respect has to be earned, right? So we just approach everything from that standpoint. We have them on our wall. We have our code of conduct is designed around that. Basically, it's create a safe space. Don't make any, but don't make anybody feel unwelcome. Uh, assume good intent. Um, if you make a mistake, like apologize and then amend your behavior. Like, it, it, like that's a lot of it. And you can, um, I have them up on my website. I also have them on my Instagram. Um, and you can just Google like elements of dignity, Donna Hicks. I'm not going to read them all. There's ten. Um, and we really tried to use that, use that to frame a lot of our conversations and how we do stuff. And it's really interesting because it seems like it'd be really evident. Um, you're like, oh, it's obvious. But when you really get down into stuff and about having hard conversations and things like that, it, you, you can really use them and you see where they play in. So that's been really interesting. And then there are just some other things that we did. So you mentioned Max. I like to call Max like our spiritual leader of our like Island of Misfit toys. Um, uh, (laughs) Max is wonderful. Um, and he has, he's always there kind of advocating for the consumer. Like he kind of looks at the consumer experience, like what would a customer want to do? So the way I, I approach the gym is I'm in a, I own a gym. I provide a service or a product, but really it's customer service. So it's like, what is, what can I do for the customer? Like, how do I make this the best experience possible for customers? That's what I tell my staff. That's how I approach it. So that's, uh, it's sometimes it's simple stuff like clean, well-stocked bathrooms, right? Bright colors. If you look at our gym, there is no black and red. I mean, there's black, but there's no like the, there's no like skulls. There's no, none of these traditional things. And that's not to say I don't like that stuff. I was in the Marine Corps. Like I like that stuff, but it is in, it is maybe a little more aggressive than some, like than some of the other stuff. So I have like, my walls are bright blue, very friendly. None of my, all my marketing, I like to call it FOMO marketing. It's like, look, if, if marketing about losing weight and like getting in shape because you're like lazy if if marketing based on the fact that like you need to get in shape worked every gym owner in america would be a millionaire right bar none yeah doesn't work it works on some people and it works in very small instances um so i like to call it fomo marketing there's all types of different marketing i'm not an expert in that either but you know you got like relationship marketing and cause marketing everything fomo marketing is like we're having so much fun this is fun like this is fun you should come join us and i think that um it's just 
it's just a happier environment. Like I, I don't do weight loss challenges. I don't do transformation Tuesday. I think I hate transformation Tuesday. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. it's just like, come as you are, be who you want to be and like lift heavy shit. Like yeah. that is literally it. Community and strength. Yep. Let's just get fucking strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now tell me about all the different equipment. Cause this place is stacked with fucking equipment. Yeah. This, uh, my, one of my favorite quotes came from Jose Andres, um, in the aftermath of, I think it was hurricane Maria. He was, he's, so he's a famous chef from DC. And he basically fed all of Puerto Rico and uh, a big part of it. And they asked him how he did it, how he like got a plane and filled it up with food and da, 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 da. And he said, anything is possible with a credit card. Right. (laughs) So, uh, no, but really we have specialty equipment for strongmen, for Olympic lifting and for powerlifting. Um, so all of its competition grade equipment. Um, I am always looking to improve. So we've got deadlift platforms actually that they might be coming in today we've got olympic lifting platforms we've got various bars um there's a lot of different implements and tools that are very specific that we have but one thing that i think separates us from some other places that i've been is like we have we understand that most people don't know how to use them right at least we have combo racks which is a, a famous or not famous but it's a thing for powerlifting. i didn't know how to use it i had to have somebody show me how to use it and i was already lifting i just had never seen one yeah um, so we want to encourage people to come in and check it out. Like there's no stupid questions, right? It's all very friendly. I, um, but we have all sorts of stuff. It's all pretty new. And because of COVID, of course, we've been trying to do social distancing and, uh, we allow people, if I always say, if it's not bolted to the ground or made of steel, so my steel plates, keep them inside. You can take it outside. So people can go outside. There's a rig outside whole nine. That's rad. Yeah. And you, you've been starting some new classes, uh, that are, Yes. Great to get people in the community. Uh, so we have a, what classes do we have? So we had always wanted to do classes, but so we opened January, our grand opening was January 18th. So the idea was like to roll out classes basically March, which obviously didn't happen, right? Like timing, not our strong suit. So we're at a point now where we re- we think we can do this safely. And reopening was a whole other thing. Um, we were really torn about whether or not to open. But I think that I was like, okay, if people are ready to return to the gym, I think we can do this better than a lot of places because we are smaller because we have big bay doors because we're guided by like pure science right um so that's why we decided to open we figured out we can do this with classes so we have a, three different classes well really four actually um so we've got a powerlifting club so that's very beginner friendly um basically you come in and you're gonna have one day of squat one day of bench one day of deadlift i have two power uh, two different powerlifters that teach those right now and it's both women teaching them um and they're both uh great powerlifters in their own right and they um it's all beginner friendly and they walk you through it and it comes with programming so we have that my goal is to get everybody on a barbell right like i think it's a very empowering thing then we have olympic lifting club um and that's uh so that's a that's the snatch and that's the clean and jerk um same thing very beginner friendly team environment you have a coach barbell boot camp is kind of like hit training so like high intensity interval training but it really it's like a way to get the barbell in the hands of people who are scared by the word powerlifting totally. it's all like a kind of a ploy right i mean it's a good it's a great workout like jazz it's like coach, a gpp kind of deal exactly it's, yeah and but it like introduced like I, it, she brings in elements of like the deadlift and things like that because you know you should be um, doing that you should be doing that you absolutely <laughs> should be lifting but it's, it's more GPP. And then uh, on Saturdays, we do Strong Saturday. So that's like all the strongman stuff. So pool trucks, uh, stones, um, farmer's carries, like all of the, the strongman is just like pick up odd shaped objects and move them. It's kind of. It's totally fun. I've been in one. I'm fun. going to one tomorrow. And uh, if you're in Austin, definitely come out. Just sign up online. It's super fun. 
I'm also in the evening powerlifting club uh, just as a student, just because every coach should have a coach. And it's fun to just uh, kind of be with people and train. Yeah, it's a good environment. And on, you know, we, uh, the powerlifters will get together on certain days and lift because even though it's just you on the platform, it's very much a team sport. Totally. Especially when you have guys that are squatting seven, 800 pounds. Like that is, you know, you, you've got to have like an army around you. Um, Olympic lifting, same thing. They get together. Um, and strongman is, is I think strongman is the most fun of the three. It's certainly the most fun to watch and it's the most fun to do because strongman doesn't really, I don't want to say it doesn't have rules and it doesn't have technique. It absolutely does, but it's a lot more just get the job done. Right. definitely it's, it's, it's just attack this thing and just finish attack it. this thing just figure it out like yeah. finish it and there's a lot of people who don't realize like that again have been they're like oh i i'm i i hear this all the time and i used to hear this when i used to coach jujitsu and i came from a gym in dc um i still consider it like my home gym it's beta academy in dc when people come all the time they'd be like oh i i want to get in shape before i start jujitsu i'm like no 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 you get in shape through jujitsu like it's fine um, I hear that a lot with like strongman and powerlifting. People are like, I want to get in shape before I start this. Like, no, you'll get in shape through it. Like people have this idea in their head that they have to be like a certain weight or a certain body fat percentage or a certain this. And that's just simply not true. No, so. you, need, you need to have your Bambi legs yeah. in whatever you're about to do. And just you're learning so much by just fumbling and kind of being unexperienced you're not nothing's going to prepare you for the thing you just need to do and just come in like it's just super like so that was that's again going back to the taking down those unnecessary barriers um for people like make it a friendly environment like if you just set the tone and you set the culture everybody will either fall into the culture or they'll decide that they don't like the culture and that's cool too like if it's not for you it's not for you exactly you know where do you want to go with this with this whole say we get over we will get over covid we will we will what what is the other side so what's your vision for all this? I mean, my vision is, to, I mean, to continue to grow. Yep. We're new. Um, we've been very fortunate in that I think because the word has gotten out that we are providing a pretty good service, pretty good product, um, a science-based approach to COVID, um, which of course anything is a risk, right? So there is a balance. Like if you have to, you are the only person that can decide if coming to the gym is right for you. Mm-hmm. All I can do is say, these are the things that we're going to enforce. And then I just have to make sure I enforce them, which is sometimes kind of difficult, <laughs> you know. Of course. Um, but even I, you know, I, I sometimes I just want to be like, oh, like just take this mask off. But we got to do what we got to do. My goal is to expand um, and to continue to grow, continue to grow classes, get more and more women, men, everybody involved in strength sports. Um, of course, being a queer woman-owned gym, like a gym owner, I want to see more uh, queer representation and more women in the gym. Um, and, uh, I think we're doing that. I think we have a pretty good, a pretty good split of, you know, people who have never been to the gym before and they're coming people who are gym, you know, have always been gym rats and they're coming. That's a dope community. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I love it. Yeah. So why do you think, let's talk about barbells. Why do you think everybody should have a barbell I, mm, in their arsenal? Why do you think people should train with barbells? And why, why do you think women should train with barbells? So one of my favorite things is people are like, often they'll be like, I don't want to, I don't want to get too big. Like this is like accidentally running a four minute mile. Like it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> like the girls, the women that you see that are, that are jacked like that. Yeah. have worked very hard. A lot of times there is some pharma, pharmacological benefits that they are taking. Right. And a lot of them will be open about it. My coach in particular, very open about what she took, how she did it and, and why she stopped. For sure. Um, I think that, I mean, it just from a health and science ba- or perspective, and I'm not a coach. I don't, I don't coach anymore. Um, I find myself, I, I, I like to say I, I just, 
I own the business, I run the business, and I let the trainers do what they're best at, right? Because I was not the best trainer, so I'm a much better business person. Um, but there's obvious health benefits like blood or uh, blood, uh, bone density and just in general, like the more muscle mass that you have to a, to a point, right? There comes a point where it goes over the cliff. The healthier you're going to be, the, the higher your metabolism is and all this. You know, you're moving, you're, you're doing things that your body's meant to do, which is like to move through space and time. And um, I think that for a barbell, I think a lot of people chase this ideal physique that you cannot get without load bear without weight bearing activity without like without like basically loading up a barbell loading up a dumbbell loading something and moving it um it's also just really fun it's very empowering and it's easy especially in the beginning the best thing about lifting in the beginning to me is you get you're better every day so it's it's this constant like feedback loop a positive feedback loop um as you get more experience in lifting you know it's the jumps are fewer and far between so now you're fighting for a one kilo jump, whereas in the beginning you could add like five kilos maybe every two weeks, right? So that's also really cool. And it's, um, it's just, for the most part, you can do it almost anywhere, which is also very nice. Most places will have some sort of a barbell and some sort of plate. So Exactly. And it, instead of chasing also, trying to change yourself as lose weight or whatnot, barbell is something you can do for the rest of your life. Yeah. It is infinite. It is true. Uh, process of mastery you can continually get better on a squat no matter what you continually add another two or five pounds so it is something that you can bring into your life and it will change your physique but it will also change your mind uh, and your internal uh, self as well forever and you can just keep doing it not keep needing to explore different avenues of you know fad workouts and this or that yeah, it's kind of like the, it's one of the constants, right? Like you'll see all these different and some of the fat. It, I always say whatever, whatever you enjoy doing for fitness, that's what you should do, because if you don't like it, you're not going to do it unless and even for uh, friends of mine who are like, well, what should I do for this? What should I do for that? Unless you have like a very specific goal, like you're competing, you're, you're preparing for competition, you're a competitive MMA, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu athlete um, yeah. that needs to have certain certain athletic abilities or certain like physical abilities in your arsenal. If you just really hate something, don't do it. So if you hate lifting weights, don't do it. If you hate running, stop running. Come lift weights. Way better, I promise. <laughs> Definitely way uh, better. But for the most part, I just I would encourage people to do what they find to be fun. And to me, like powerlifting is just super fun. Like it's also very simple um, in theory, and that's pretty nice, right? Definitely. Yeah, it's it's certainly much more simple than Olympic lifting. Oh, that's, much more simple. Yeah. Why do you enjoy powerlifting? Like, how did why did that bug catch? Because you were doing it, so you couldn't do jujitsu. So, yeah. So you stayed strong, so you could get back in there, and that helped a lot with jujitsu. So I couldn't do jujitsu, and I didn't. I didn't know what powerlifting was. Okay. Um, I didn't know that it was squat bench dead. I didn't know anything. I just knew like, oh, I would just go in and like, I would just find something online and do it. No idea what I'm doing. I at one point hooked up with a coach um, while I was traveling overseas. I think I worked with, it, but it it fell off. Right. Like I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know about this, and I excuse me, just kept working, um, overseas and just lifting. Cause usually there was a gym wherever I would go. When I moved to Austin, actually it my now coach Stacy Burt. It was right around the time when she hit the all time world record for Wilkes, um, like male or female, like every, anybody in the world. Right. Wow. Like, so yeah, best in the world. And somebody had sent me her, uh, actually my best friend, Courtney, who I'm going to make listen to this, uh, <laughs> sent me her, her uh, Instagram and said, I think you could do this. Like you should, have you ever thought about competing? And I was like, I don't know, like, no. And then I was like, watched more videos and I was like, okay, like maybe I can do this. 
And so then I started seeking out a powerlifting class. I actually started in a class much like the class you're in right now. And I transitioned to having a one-on-one coach, um, did a couple of competitions and, uh, then ended up, uh, starting work with Stacy this year, which is, which has been fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my kind of like powerlifting journey. So what's your class and where are you trying to go with that? Um, so I am, I mean, I, I traditionally compete under USPA, which powerlifting is a million federations. I'm learning a lot about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I came from, you know, I come from a jujitsu world and I'm still very involved in that world. So in jujitsu, you've got the same thing. You've got like the big daddy, like IBJJF, and then you've got, you know, all these other, like you've got ADCC, yada, yada. Powerlifting has like, it's like an Iraqi, like political party. There's like 600 of them. (laughs) Um, but so I traditionally go under USPA. I, uh, USAPL has very restrictive, um, I just won't give them my money. They have very restrictive uh, rules regarding trans athletes and gender nonconforming athletes. It's just not, I'm just not going to give them my money. Um, so USPA, RPS, I'll do those. Um, I am, I walk now at about 129. Um, so I could cut down to 56 kilos, which is still a pretty good cut. Um, or I could just do 60 kilos. So that's my division. Like, so like the smaller people, I'm very short. Yeah, for people who can't, who don't know who I am, I'm, I'm quite short. Um, you know, I'm never going to, I'm always going to do natty lifting. Um, and I have no issues with, with drugs. If you want to do drugs, like, I, yes, I want to watch you lift a million pounds. Like, I want that. <laughs> oh, yeah. For me, where I'm at in my life, I, I don't see the, the need or for me to do it because until I could get everything perfect, my sleep, my diet, my training, like uh, everything lined up, it doesn't make any sense to layer on one more stressor. yeah. Um, and it's just not for me. Right. But I just want to be like a pretty strong natty girl. Uh, you know, I, I like being able to chase goals and I still think that I have like a ways to go. Like I still have a lot of progress I can make. Um, but that's my, that's where I am with it. You know, maybe I'll, I'll play, I'll play around and do some, I like strongman a lot. I'm just very small for strongman. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you gotta be big. You don't have to be big, but I think uh, it helps to be at the higher end at the, yeah. at the elite level most of them are like pretty tall, pretty strong. I'm barely like five one. Uh, so getting a stone up on a platform is pretty high for me, but, um, totally. it's still just, it's just super fun to train. Yeah. And I think you were talking uh, previously about some awesome seminars that you were thinking of having come like and Cohen or. Yes. Yeah, so we actually have two in the, in the works and this has all been really difficult because of COVID. We had oh, yeah. several things throughout the year that we ended up having to, uh, cancel. We had like a strength, uh, we had, um, uh, several seminars, several uh, competitions. We just weren't sure where COVID was going. In the city of Austin, there's a mask order through December 15th. Of course, I, they could rescind that earlier. It just depends on numbers. But it makes things very difficult. Um, so we have on November the 14th, yeah, November the 14th, we have a powerlifting um it's going to be basically like a powerlifting seminar. So it's going to be squat, bench, and dead with Stacey Burr, Dawson Windham, and Bar- uh, Brandon Striegel. So three incredible lifters. Um, and we're going to be releasing that actually today. Awesome. Um, to sign up for it. It's going to be pretty limited. You know, we have to keep stuff pretty small because of COVID. But yeah. um, if anybody wants to come out and do that, I mean, it's going to be a full day basically of like three excellent, you know, including the best in the world. Oh, definitely going to be there. Yeah, definitely going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Um, Lunch will be provided. The whole thing. We'll have a good time. And then in January, we have Ed Cohen coming. So for those of you who don't know who he is, he is uh, the greatest of all time. Uh, He is 71. 
Yeah. And he's strong as shit still. Super strong and just a great, a really good coach um, and just good people. So he is, I was fortunate enough to meet him um, in Albuquerque. Shout out to Iron Soul Jim and Eric. Um, And I asked him if he wanted to come. And uh, yeah, so he'll be here. That's really exciting. Um, That'll also be up. We'll probably start really um, uh, announcing that more broadly in November. Um, again, that's going to be limited. So definitely as soon as we open up the spots for that, like if you want to come get on because that will sell out hundred percent. And if you get a chance, go look him up on YouTube right now, his passion for coaching and his enthusiasm and energy is just incredible. He is just so humble and so knowledgeable. It's very rare to come across someone with such wisdom. And, and the seminar, I mean, I, he, it was excellent. Like it was, it was money well spent when I went, um, I'm really happy I did it. And then same thing with Stacy and her passion for coaching. Like, I think that they complement each other very well. So I would say if you can like come to both, you'll get to see it from, you know, two different perspectives. Um, but both like elite level, obviously. Um, and I'm, I'm super, I'm super excited like, for all of it. I'm pumped. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's super exciting. I wanted to touch a little bit on your story with BJJ. My uh, my great love, yeah. BJJ. Uh, I'm I'm like thinking about dabbling and switching from Muay Thai because Muay Thai's uh, taking my shoulders out a little bit, and it's it seems a little more aerobic compared to. Uh, it BJJ. can be right. Uh, it can be definitely. So I've done both. I I much more. I I much prefer BJJ. Actually, for a while, I was doing more Muay Thai. Um, the gym that I trained at in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner is like a multi Muay Thai world champ. He, he's uh, Thai American. Um, so, uh, so that was really awesome to train there where like, not only was it about the sport, but it was about the culture. It was about the Y crew. It was about all these things, the art, the art. Yeah. And they, they fall under Ajahn Chai, um, in TBA. Right. So cool. it was really cool. Um, so for jujitsu, I just, I love it. Like it's, it's che- I, to me, it's chess where other sports are checkers. Um, jiu-jitsu I like to say is my yoga it's my meditation because in jiu-jitsu if you in Muay Thai too if you're not there in the moment you are going to you're going to get beat right or you're going to end up in a bad position there's no winning in training right but you're going to end up in a bad position you're going to end up where you don't want to be so you have to be very focused um, it can be super anaerobic but it kind of ebbs and flows it just depends on like how hard you want to go how slow you want to go and of course the better you get I don't want to say the lazier you can be but you can find those pockets of like okay, now, now I go, now I do this. Cause for me in my jujitsu in particular, a lot is about timing. Um, jujitsu, you know, it's three things. It's a combat sport. Uh, it's a self, def- it's a, it's a martial arts, combat sport, and it's a style of self-defense. And so there are certain parts of jujitsu that are all three of those, but there are certain parts that are just like you, there are certain things that you would only do in the sport jujitsu. You would never do for self-defense, right? Like hopefully you've never pull guard in self-defense. There are certain things in the art that maybe are not the best for the sport. Right, because they don't give you your points or you're not going to end up in a position, various things like that. So I think it's important to find a school that talks about all three of those. Um, and the other thing about jiu-jitsu is it is an art. It's not, it's not like linear. So things that work for you might not work for somebody else. Um, I still think it's good to be exposed to all of them, but you can really kind of, it sounds kind of lame, but you can like express yourself through jujitsu, right? Like some people have very grindy jujitsu. Some people have very flowy jujitsu. Some people have very fast jujitsu. Some people have very slow jujitsu. It just depends on them. And I like to say like, it's not transitive. So if person A can beats person B in a tournament and person B beats person C, that does not mean that A will beat C, right? Cause sometimes it's a matchup of styles, which can be very interesting. That's awesome. So, so how long have you been practicing? 
Uh, since 2010. So wow. 10 years. Yeah, on and off. I mean, I traveled a lot. I went to Afghanistan for um, between workup and deployment. It was about a year. Um, and then I traveled abroad, um, like usually like six to nine months a year for a couple of years in there. But yeah, about 10 years. Um, I haven't, I just went back to Jiu-Jitsu last week after six months off because of COVID. It just, I have, my parents were septuagenarians. Uh, I still work a full-time job. I didn't want to, it, it didn't feel prudent to go back. Yeah. Um, but now I, I recognize the benefits for it for me outweigh the risk. And I talked about that a little bit on Instagram, um, that it, it's, it was a calculated risk. It's a calculated risk that I'm taking. And, uh, I recognize that I'm in a different position than other people because jujitsu inherently has close contact. You can't wear a mask in jujitsu. You can't social distance. Um, so for me, I have access to testing. Um, I'm very fortunate and I'm also fairly young and fairly healthy. So the, and I don't, I live alone. So I don't really have something where I'm exposing a bunch of people um and I can get tested all the time so yeah 10 years excuse me um yeah it's a that's awesome it's all yeah so being being a a woman what is your experience do you feel it's different than a male's experience being in the jujitsu world and do you feel like it's benefited you in different ways like have you been able to see a, a different reflection so I, yes, yes, okay. of course, right? Um, so when I first started jiu-jitsu, I came through in a women-only class. And I'm actually very conflicted. I go back and forth about the benefits to having a women-only class. On one hand, again, lower barrier to entry. You don't know what people are coming to the class with. You don't know if they're coming with uh, or what kind of, you know, uh, personal history they might have that may preclude them from wanting to be in some of these positions with somebody who's larger and stronger and male, Right. Um, but on the other hand, I think that it primes people, particularly male students, to think that there's two types of jiu-jitsu. There's jiu-jitsu and women's jiu-jitsu, and that's not true. Yeah. Um, I used to kind of fight this fight, all, not fight this fight, but I would bring this up all the time. I was, uh, I think, a purple belt at the time, and there were a lot of women who were like blue and white belts, and I'm, I'm fairly small. And by nature, my coach, who is a feminist who I would describe as a feminist, I think would describe himself as a feminist. Um, My coach in DC put, he would like group us. Okay. Like, okay, the women are going to do this. And I had to say to him a couple of times and and a couple other coaches would do this too. I'm like, put me with guys that are like small dudes who are my size, right? Like I can do this. And it's not because they're doing it like consciously. It's just, it seems to make sense at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing about it. Um, And I think it depends on the school you come up through. Um, Some schools like, the women's team is very big and you don't even have to roll with men if you don't want to. I'm very big on people picking their own training partners. And that, that includes like men. If you don't want to train with somebody, don't train with them. Like you are, you're in charge of your own training to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that it's different because sometimes what winning is for a small, for a small female in jujitsu is different than what winning. And I, I'm using air quotes that you can't see, but because there's no winning in training, but sometimes I'm like, I have to be like, okay, this guy's 220 pounds. Yep. I weigh 128. I just need to not get smashed. And so sometimes just having air to breathe or making somebody work really hard is the goal. Um, of course the whole point of jujitsu is that a smaller, weaker person can beat a larger, stronger opponent through technique and leverage. Um, so there is that part. Like sometimes size just doesn't matter. Yeah, I can't imagine being having an individual that's 100 plus more pounds on top of me. It's, I feel like, yeah, you would be looking for those wins. Like, it's funny. He didn't I, dominate uh, me. One of my, one of my uh, 
Uh, he also was a he uh, at the gym I was at in DC. He was saying one time he's like, "Oh, you don't understand, like this dude, he's forty pounds more than me or whatever." And I was like, "Bro, I, was like, I don't understand." I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" Uh, I was like, "Trust me, I understand." But um, then there's a little bit of ego that comes into play. I have uh, another person that I consider a mentor and a coach, Marilo Santana, out of Unity Jiu Jitsu in, in New York, and he constantly tells me, "Stop going with big guys. Why are you going with these huge dudes?" Like, it's not good training. It's not about, it's, he's like, it's just not good training for you. But of course, I'm like, I'll go with anybody. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. As I've gotten older and my injuries are less, I, they're like after 30, they're just like tiny permanent disabilities, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, like, well, that's not going I've away. I've gotten a lot more controlled about who I train with. And as my time, as I've gotten older, my time has gotten more narrow as far as like the time I have to dedicate to training. And the time I have um, for myself, uh, especially being a business owner, owning a baby business, you know, it it is like a baby. It's like a newborn you have to take care of Mm -hmm. and having a full time job. And then I have dogs. So like they get a lot of attention, too. But um, uh, I've now become a lot more specific about and and, and, uh, a lot more picky about my training um, just because I need to maximize the time that I have. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I really want to, I'm going to try a free week trial yeah. here. Yeah. At Paragon. Par- yeah. Yeah. Good, they're great people. Um, I think that, you know, coach Jose, like, uh, some of the most underrated jitsu in Texas, he's incredible. Uh, great instructor and just a super friendly environment. Honestly, like I pick, I bought my house based on that gym. Uh, cause I asked Marilla, where should I train in Austin? And he said, I would train at Paragon. I didn't even ask. I didn't even think twice. I just went. Uh, signed up and bought it like a year membership and was like, well, now I live no street now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's the way, that's the way to do it. Um, and of course there's some, uh, there's a lot of great jujitsu in, in Austin. Like, uh, it depends on where you are. Austin's all about, nobody wants to drive very far. So like in East Austin, you got dark clan, you got stuff up North. I think Sean Hibero's opening up North. So there's all sorts of stuff. So awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, thank you for sharing all that incredible, uh, information yeah well thanks for asking me about it yeah yeah and uh is there anything you want to leave all the listeners with the women with anything about barbell training bjj anything at all i what i would is what i would say is don't be afraid to try it right like um find a space where you feel comfortable find a trainer that you feel comfortable with um and explore it there is especially now with online training almost any sort of you know requirements that you may have or desires you may have in a trainer or in uh, a training style you can find. Um, jiu-jitsu to me is the most empowering thing in the world. I love it. I'll, I'll do it until until I, I'm in the ground, right? Like, I just love it so much. And I think that barbell training is just super, super important. Um, it's fun. It is, it's, it's not very precious, which is really nice. I think sometimes some of these sports get pretty, they're, they're, they're pretty precious. <laughs> Powerlifting doesn't seem to take itself quite that seriously. Um, and you'll just like look better and feel better, right? No, there's nothing in this world to an extent, uh, that being stronger doesn't help. doesn't make it easier. A hundred percent. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much Thanks for being so on. Much, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope to see you guys in the gym. Yeah. We'll see you there. Thank you so much for being here. Remember to follow, like, subscribe, and share this with somebody who you think would benefit from this podcast episode. Continue to support, and I will see you on the next one.